Thank you so much, Hillary. Uh, so you asked for, let's say, quality belts. Let's say you asked for an incredible wallet. Let's say you asked for great socks. Uh, well, then you need Grip6. Uh, Grip6 is the company. They're from a small company from Utah. They, they sell all around the world, though, and they source almost everything uh, in their arsenal right here from the United States. Um, look, I don't know how to make a nice belt for you, uh, much less a, a really nice wallet or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where uh, it's people probably need to look at uh, this and 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 uh, maybe if you want to get great stuff, you go to Grip6, go to Grip6.com slash stew, Grip6.com slash stew. If you go there, um, like I was out this weekend and it was cold, okay? Had the Grip6 socks on. They're not these big, puffy, giant socks. They're perfect uh, to fit in your shoes. They don't, you know, make your shoes feel tight. They're great uh, quality socks and they keep your feet really warm and cool in the summer as well. They're just fantastic. Uh, go to Grip6.com slash stew. Check out their entire line and realize you're dealing with a company that actually doesn't hate your guts. Grip6.com slash stew. The code is stew. You'll save 15% right now. Grip, the number 6.com slash stew. Get 15% off today. Uh, welcome to it. Great to have you with us. 888-727-BECK, the phone number. Uh, we're going to get into this uh, political article about whether or not uh, the Roe v. Wade overturning was worth it to Republicans because it may have cost some elections. Uh, we'll get into that and more in 60 seconds. Well, I want to tell you about uh, CarShield. CarShield, of course, is a, a fantastic uh, company. We love CarShield very much. If you've ever had uh, ever had a situation where your car breaks down, especially if you have an, a, a, a car that, you know, is outside of its warranty, you realize you are screwed. I mean, especially now with the prices, uh, you have a ton, a ton of problems going on here. You got that? Um, ton of problems going on uh, with... with supply chains and everything else well if you have that issue what do you do luckily you don't have to worry about it if you have car shield car shield will help you they will make sure that you don't have any of these issues because they're going to take care of these uh, covered repairs for you it's incredibly easy to do you'll save so much hassle and you can count on car shield to help take care of you when your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road as well every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance rental car options and trip reimbursement at no extra cost Lock in your price today. It'll never go up. CarShield has all of our backs here when we uh, when our cars break down, and they can have yours as well. Get coverage. You need it. It's carshield.com slash back. 800-391-8888. 
Save 10% on your plan. It's carshield.com slash Beck or 800-391-8888. Save 10%. Great to have you with us. Uh, it's Pat and Stu for Glenn this week on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, you know, a lot of people have been debating whether or not uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade uh, was worth it. <laughs> and I mean, I know I've heard you say this, Stu. I've said it on my show, uh, Pat Gray Unleashed, which happens right before this particular program or anytime you want on uh, on demand. But of course it was worth it. If it saves babies' lives... It's worth a few seats in Congress. What? Yeah. Wait, I don't I understand. But staggering. But, but elections are important, and they, they are. are. They are. They important. are. What's more important than an election? Could it be? Hmm. I don't know. Human babies, life. Yeah. Babies' lives. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. yeah. It's it's fascinating. I mean, first of all, you got to start at the beginning. Was it really the cause of what happened during the election? And maybe we should go even a little mm-hmm. more basic than this, Pat. And I would love to get your take on this. The, the right is, generally speaking, really frustrated with the results from this election. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think yeah. with some good reason. I, I think everyone kind of expected and hoped for better results than we got. Yeah. So I get that. But we got caught up in the furor of the last few months because before this, nobody thought the Republicans were going to regain the Senate. Yeah. You know, in fact, after the Dobbs was overturned, there were there was high hopes on the left. That they were going to win the house, right? And look, they almost right. did. Yeah, uh, there's they did. no, there's no doubt about it. This was not a blowout by any means. But like Republicans cleared the hurdle they needed to clear, which was get the house so you can stop the worst instincts of the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. Right? That was mm-hmm. the low. They had to clear that hurdle for this not to be a catastrophe. Unfortunately, they did. They did that. Right? They yeah. got the house. Now, you look. You can look at this and say, okay, well, they. You know, this wasn't the biggest uh, wave election that we were hoping for. I mm-hmm. mean, when you look at wave election, it's a little bit weird to look at it as far as just seats gained, right? Because, look, you know, yes, 2010 was a wave, right, where you got 60-something seats, but they were starting from a much worse position. Like, they started at like 100, I don't know, 179 seats or something before that election. They were they had been devastated in 2008. So they mm-hmm. got that. Yes, they made major gains in 2010. They made solid gains in 2014 as well. And this one, you know, a much smaller gain uh, when it comes to seat total. But look, the main thing is you got control. That's what you had to do. You had mm-hmm. to make it so it was not unified government behind Joe Biden so they could get two bills passed. Which means, uh, and just getting control, uh, committee chairmanships. Yep. It means being able to stop bills. Uh, you don't have to pass any of the Biden uh, agenda yep. and the investigations that are going to come from this. Right. And you might say, well, that's not enough. And But you have to understand what was the upside here. The best case scenario. The best case scenario was, uh, you know, control of the House and the Senate, but still you weren't going to be able to do anything with that. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the except one, stop certain things. The only thing that they judicial appointments, yeah, and that's a big one. Yeah, but is. that's really the only thing that they had a chance for that they that they didn't get. Now, I think, and we've talked about this on the air before as well. There was a possibility if they did well in this election. And mm-hmm. got to 54, maybe 55 seats, which yeah. was, you know, maybe the upside of what people were hoping for. If they were able to do that, there was a chance in 2024 at a filibuster-proof majority, which would be very, very difficult now. That would be, you know, because they only got to maybe 50, maybe only 49 seats 
in the Senate. And this last race with Herschel Walker is really important. But that being said, they cleared the lowest hurdle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the, the theory here from this Politico uh, op-ed is basically like, look, is there some evidence that the, that abortion and the overturning of Roe versus Wade was one of the reasons Republicans underperformed? And I think you can look at this. If you look at the, the evidence, there's some evidence pointing to that being part of it. Like, you know, the, the New York Times did a thing about this, and you'd expect the New York Times to blame abortion here. But they, they, had some, they had some relatively compelling evidence showing where certain states where abortion really wasn't on the ballot. It, there was no risk of abortion rights going away. In those states, Republicans tended to perform pretty well. New York is an mm-hmm. example of this, right? There was no, mm-hmm. obviously, New York's not getting rid of abortion rights. You know, they want you to be able to abort, I think, t- t- teenage years. Is that the current line for New York? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 17. 17. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so once you can vote, they can't abort you. Right. Because they want their voters. Yes. Um, so, but up to 17, mm-hmm. 364 days, they can abort you. And that's not going to change in New York. So abortion really wasn't much of a topic there. And there, Democrats did very poorly. Republicans did very well. Um, the, there are other pieces of in Virginia, a state with, that didn't have a gubernatorial race, nothing really on the ballot for abortion. Republicans did pretty well. Florida. Florida, yes, they, you know, Ron DeSantis is a big part of the story. But one of the things they did was pass a 15-week ban. So that's, that storyline's kind of already gone. They've already had their abortion debate. They had a 15-week ban. And... So that one wasn't really on the ballot. Republicans did very well. Texas, there wasn't going to be much of a change in Texas. Republicans did very well. In purple states, where abortion could go either way, Democrats tended to do much better in places like Pennsylvania, uh, Arizona, for example. And so that was part of the theory. Do I buy that entirely? Not really. I don't. I think it might be part of the story. Uh, but uh, do you think, Pat, that it, this was the determinative factor? In this election, mm, determinative. I maybe not. No, yeah. I think it factored in. Factored in. Maybe yeah. one of one of many things. But I, I don't care. Candidate quality is another one. Yeah, uh, you know, definitely. That was an issue. Yep. There's if a lot. We would have had a better candidate than than Doctor Oz in Pennsylvania, for instance. I I think they easily defeat John Fetterman. Yeah, I mean, I remember Doctor Oz on. was the better of the two candidates in the right. race. Like he perfor- yeah. he outperformed the gubernatorial candidate by almost ten points. Jeez. Uh, so like it was that that was not again. That's a big. I think that's a bigger part of this. But mm-hmm. let's just say, Pat, for argument's sake, let's say for argument's sake, it was actually all abortion. <laughs> let's right. say the okay. only reason mm-hmm. republicans would have had a, a wave election they would have mm-hmm. had 230 seats in the house and they would have had 53 senators and that and the only reason that didn't happen was we overturned roe versus wade yeah i'm giving that to you on a silver platter do you take that trade do you take the trade where you overturn roe versus wade but you lose Three or four seats in the Senate uh-huh. and uh, 15 seats in the House. Okay, let me think. Yes. Okay. Wait, you didn't take much time on that. No, I want to make sure you get that enough time. Okay, wait. I'm uh, not, yes. I'm not rushing okay, wait, you, Pat. You let can, me, okay, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, it's absolutely an acceptable trade-off. A hundred percent. I would trade, how, how many elections would you trade all to, to overturn Roe versus Wade? Right. I mean, all in theory, them. all of them, right? Yeah. Now, of course, eventually you lose enough elections 
and like the constitution gets amended with yes. abortion in it so you True. can't lose forever i suppose but like in theory i don't care yeah. i'm I, an election yeah who cares honestly who cares you're yeah. talking about 63 million lives. Right. Right? It, Worldwide, it's 1.5 billion. One, oh, I mean, that is uh, staggering. Even hearing that number is so incredibly despicable. But still, here in the United States, where, where these elections might do some difference, and Roe versus Wade counts, mm-hmm. 63 million lives. It's incredible. That should be here are not because of abortion. And the mm-hmm. fact that we can decrease that number by... Almost, I mean, they, you know, the first the first month they talked about potentially ten thousand abortions avoided, avoided, and this yeah. is before a lot of a lot of uh, states changed the, their laws. It took them time after Roe versus Wade, and there was a, a waiting period and uh, and all of these other things. Even with people changing from state to state and wanting to go, about ten thousand lives they believe were saved in that in that first month. Incredible. Yeah. Like, well, has there been it. a more impactful Republican policy ever? Most of them mm-hmm. are terrible and don't mm-hmm. do anything. Right. Like if they if the entire policy from beginning to end was to save 10,000 lives, it would be the best thing the Republicans have ever done. No right? question. And yeah. like, I, it's like it's inexplicable to think you should care about some Senate, some some Senate seat or some co- congressional seat if this is what is on the table. And, mm-hmm. you know, Pat, I remind I remind the people in the media trying to sort this out. The point of being of winning an election is not to get Nancy Pelosi another year of $200,000 salary. <laughs> it is not so uh some Repu- so Matt Gates can go you know to a nice dinner with uh you know with a lobbyist. I don't know, I'm just mm-hmm. I'm picking Matt Gates cuz I wanted to pick a Republican, but you get my point. Mm-hmm. The point is for things like this to, to win yep. policy issues like this, yep. to make a difference, to save human lives like this, you trade, I, I, I can't even think of what the number would be when it comes to House seats or Senate seats mm-hmm. to get that done. It was a 50-year goal of the party. And we didn't even think it was possible. I didn't, that's true. Right up to, <laughs> and including the day of the announcement. Yes. Actually, it was leaked. <laughs> But uh, up until then, there was no way did I think Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned. I didn't shoot that high for the Republican Party at any time in my lifetime. I never thought they would do it. This was like a miracle to us. Yeah. This was a miracle. And yeah, yeah, for that miracle, I'd trade a few Senate seats. What on earth do you try to win elections for? Yeah. Why do you do it? Why do we care? Why do people donate? Why do people knock on doors? Why do people show up at the polls? For the babies. To win issues, yes. to, to save yes. little kids. And is this the only issue? No, but it is the most important. Is there a more important issue that you could that you could care about than babies' lives? <laughs> I mean, I, it I almost seems ridiculous it, to have to say it. I know. Like, yes, I care about my, my tax rates. Yeah. Yes. But I would as like much them, as your babies? No. Right. Do I want them to be <laughs> no. 37% instead of 39.6? Sure. Mm-hmm. Of course. That would be wonderful. And yes, I care about those things. They are important. But, I mean, we talk about like, hey, uh, you know, um, CRT being taught in schools. At least the kids are alive. Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, yes, CRT being taught in school, really big issue. We should really care about that. Make sure we do not teach 
overtly racist content in our public schools. Sure. Mm -hmm. Important. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I think we got to make sure the kids are alive to hear it first. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good safety tip to me. Yeah. 888-727-BECK. More coming up. 60 seconds. You know, the expression, um, if it saves one life, (laughs) how much more does that apply to 10,000? 10,000 lives they estimated were saved. In Just one in month. the first month. Yeah. So, so that's a pretty big deal. That's a lot. And, it, yeah. you know, we do look at these <laughs> other topics and they are very important. But like the border, for example. What do mm-hmm. we care? Why do we care about the border? Well, we don't want, for example, people crossing the border and committing crimes. Like what if someone mm-hmm. murders someone? Like some criminal drug dealer crosses the border, murders someone. Well, yes, that's incredibly important. But like... If we don't let the person be alive, we don't even, it never becomes an issue, I suppose. We don't, that person didn't even get a chance to create a life in which others mourned when they died. I mean, it's such a fundamental issue and so obvious yeah. that it's, it, of course you take it. And it, when it comes down to, I think like there's a real, this is something that is being created right now by the media, Pat. What they want to do is communicate to people on the right, Republicans in power, that Mm -hmm. if you go uh, hard on the abortion issue and you try to say, hey, we shouldn't be killing any babies, sorry. If you do that, it's going to cost you politically. Mm -hmm. And they know that these politicians are incentivized to keep themselves in power. So they're hoping they will create this fear among Republicans that they will run from the abortion issue. And Mm -hmm. that's because that's what they care about. They have this cult. This cult where uh, ending babies' lives is the most important thing you could ever talk about. And it cannot go away. That right to end babies' lives can never go away. Got to be the most important thing ever. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I will be honest with you. Like, I mean, I you know, re- Florida passed a 15-week abortion ban. And, like, look, is that better than the situation that we had before? Sure. 100%. It's better. Uh, it's better than what we used to have. And I'm glad they passed something. But, like, did we fight 50 years to eliminate 6% of abortions? No. I, did we? Did, was it a fifty-year no. battle so that ninety-four percent of abortions can remain in place? Was that what, what we were doing? Because if that's what we were doing, we were really kind of wasting our time. Maybe, maybe not. Actually, now that I think about it, it's still a lot of lives. <laughs> but still, that can't possibly be the, the end goal of this. Yeah, I know. It's, I, I understand that maybe that's all you can get done in Florida. It's, it's mm-hmm. at least seeming. It used to be a purple state. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it is anymore. <laughs> seem like it, it. Now it's pretty much Alabama. Yeah. But uh, hey, like you know, look. I don't know that a 15-week... Uh, the, the Lindsey Graham bill of, like, let's just do 15 weeks so we don't have to talk about it. People keep asking me uncomfortable questions about babies living, so please, let's just pass... <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like being asked questions about babies living. It makes me feel uncomfortable. How dare people ask a U.S. senator about babies' lives? Yeah. How dare they? If we just ban 6% of them, then we don't Jeez. have to talk about it anymore. Okay, thanks, Lindsey. By the way, can I remind people that Lindsey Graham is a senator from South carolina if lindsey graham was the senator from mm. maine i'd say all right we got a susan call i got it you know of course mm-hmm. do we should we really have a let me give you another example pat you might think of uh did you know that mitt romney is up for re-election in 2024 yes did you know that i do know that did you know we have mike lee as a senator in utah right. were yeah. you aware of this it shows what they could have they could have somebody really good yeah, yeah. instead they have someone with one of the lowest conservative yep. review scores in the entire senate in utah 
Well, his name is well known. So what? (laughs) How about getting somebody who actually cares about conservative values in that seat? And that's something that, like, I, I understand when people say, well, Susan Collins, like, you know, that's all we can get in Maine. And, and that may very well be true. And honestly, there have been times, like, for example, some of these bills that went through the Senate. I was happy to have Susan Collins in there instead of a Democrat. And when it was a 50-50 Senate, mm-hmm. you could have easily lost that if you had a Democrat in that seat. So sometimes you got to deal with crap. You know, no mm-hmm. offense to the Collins family, but her, her voting record is crap. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you got to deal with that in a state like Maine. You don't have to deal with that in Utah. You don't have to deal with that with in South Carolina. You don't have to deal with that, Pat, in Texas when you have John Cornyn as one of your two senators. Yeah. There's no reason for such things. And yet, so many states have that. South Carolina, Utah, Texas, you just mentioned. Uh, Alaska. Why? Yeah. yeah. Why? Why? Mur- why? Murkowski, really? You know, we could do so much better. When one out of five babies are aborted in this country, I mean... It, it, it's a holocaust let's just call it what it is that is you know six what else has taken 63 million lives i yeah like for example you know we talked to we i know you talk about them as well preborn you know, preborn.com slash stew you can go there and donate mm-hmm. if you if you wish this is not a paid commercial uh but like they're doing incredible work on this front and they point this out uh when they talk about this issue that one out of five babies never gets the chance to see the outside of a womb How on earth can that be a thing in a civilized country? How can that possibly be true? And yet it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is not okay. And you know what? You got to trade. I'm so, I'm I'm really sorry we lost District 18. (laughs) If that's what happened. But I'll take that trade any day. Welcome, 888-900-727-BECK, it's Pat and Stu for Glenn and joined by uh, Jeffy to chew the fat a little bit. Hey, Jeffy. How you doing? I I just wanted to stop in. I want to stop in because Mm -hmm. uh, in light of uh, uncertainty around Twitter Mm -hmm. and out of an abundance of caution, I want to come on and say that I'm pausing my Twitter account at JeffyJFR. Oh wow! Right now. Wow! Really? Yeah. Wow! Now we should be yeah. clear. We didn't huh. ask you. Yeah. Well, they've reinstated <laughs> Trump and the Babylon Bee. And yeah. Oh my Kathy God. Griffin, and Jordan a Peterson, Project Veritas. I. Not only that. Security concerns, Stu. Security concerns. You have security concerns. I do have security concerns. And what about so. them asking Twitter employees to work? Right. I mean, they not only work. Huh? They asked them to work extremely hardcore. Yeah. I. You can't abide. I'm pausing. You can't abide it. There are lines in our society. Mm-hmm. You know, you can ask someone mm-hmm. to work, and the the proper the proper way to ask them is to ask them to work mm-hmm. occasionally. Thank you. Yeah. Moderately, and uh, not always all the time. You know, what I mean, I think it's yeah. too much yeah, to yeah. ask for them to work while every they're day. at work. Yeah, while it's too much to ask them to work that whole time. They, yeah, ask. Thank the, you. You can ask them to come in. Uh huh. 
You can ask mm. him to come in once a I'm month. Not sure. okay, okay, once a month. All mm-hmm. right, for okay. a meeting. Okay. The rest of the time, they should be at home. Why can't we do the meeting on on uh, you know Skype or Zoom? I'm not saying you Zoom should do this. Or... Uh, you should, I mean, to, just oh. for the for the the okay. savings as far as the climate goes, you should you oh, should not yes. ask them to come in. Right. But at all. I'm saying legally, you should be you can, you are able to ask them to come in once a month. Now there should be right. still food available for them if they decide. Well, to of come course, in or the not. chef course. never gets a day of off. Right. Well, the chef. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. The chef never gets a day off. No, no. no. Nor chef, should he or she. None of the people complaining about their work conditions ever care if the chef gets a day off. <laughs> no, they no, do not. They don't they care do about that no. at all. In fact, they, they'd rather the chef not have a day off. No. So you should be there if they want to come in the at time. midnight and work the overnight. There better be prime rib being car- being carved <laughs> yes. right in front of them. Still better be there with my coffee. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Okay. Okay. Agonizing. So now we should so, point out for people who don't know, Jeff Fisher, host of 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 uh, Chewing the Fat. Is a man known uh, throughout all of society mm-hmm. as a man who takes deeply difficult, oh. principled stands on, mm. on, a, on an everyday 100%. basis. Yes. And the fact 100%. that he's willing to, pa- you're pausing. I'm pausing my Twitter account. He's pausing, pausing his, his Twitter, Twitter account. account. <sighs> uh, wow. What a, what a sacrifice. Well, I know. What a sacrifice. Okay, that's good. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna start tweeting. Wait, you're yeah, oh, at Jeffy JFR is my Twitter account. Jeffy oh, you're done now. JFJFR. It's active that's again. That's a big enough stand. Okay, yeah, I'm good for it. No problem. Uh, that was a good enough. Well, it's kind of like CBS. Their stand. Thank you. Yeah, CBS took a stand on Friday night that they were going to do the exact same thing that I just did. Oh wow! <laughs> and mm-hmm. they lasted forty hours. Copycat. I mean, that is they pathetic. Forty hours. What? This is so weird. Like, first of all, again. This guy should be a liberal icon. We we lose sight of this because he says like, you know, things about free speech that yeah. I guess is now exclusively a right wing issue. Free speech, yeah. mm-hmm. which, by the way, thank you for that left. Like, I thank you for giving that one to us. We're, we'll, yeah. we'll take we'll it. We'll take it. Yeah. We're excited about that. Um, but like, because he says things about free speech, he's now some conservative. I guess the guy which who created is- the largest electric car company in the world and. And created a space <laughs> rocket company so we could leave the Earth and live on Mars. Right. In case global warming gets really bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a big part of the reason why he's doing it. Yeah. So that guy, that guy who's been berating us about climate all of this time yep. is a right-wing hero because he wants people to be able to tweet their jokes. Right. <laughs> like, well, what? But you not Alex talk- Jones, my friend. <clears throat> not Alex Jones. That's he, true. He's a hard no on Alex. I, he, I mean, look, just ridiculous. I Come he, on. Elon is, I, I, I generally speaking, like the guy because I like the fact that he's sort of the, a billionaire in the way that I would want to be a billionaire if, if I were a billionaire, which is just doing all the crazy things you want with no care of the consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. ah, so what? Like, I'm going to make, you know, I'm selling flamethrowers now. <laughs> Down flamethrowers. Okay. That, that's not what you're, okay. Like, I like that. He's got mm-hmm. his perfume. Did you purchase any of I his did perfume? Not. I did not. He comes up with a joke, and the next day it's like a feature in his car, right? Like, it's like, <laughs> like I, yeah. there's some parts of that that I think are just That's funny. Cool. And, like, it's yeah. like, how, like how you'd want to do it. I think I'll bike Twitter now. Yeah. It's going to be $44 billion. Yeah, yeah okay. that's all right. I was like, I, and like, look, no one hates the Dallas Cowboys more than the person speaking. I mm. literally despise everything about this team. However, I will say that one of the th- criticisms is like, oh, Jerry Jones is just so involved. He's he's involved with his team. He's always making these moves. And he's got to not be involved. Screw you. I paid how many billions of dollars to own this and thing? How- I'm going to do whatever I want. If yeah. I want to sign uh, Megan Fox to be a wide receiver because I think she's hot, I'm going to do it. I think Actually, I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed See? to that. See? I'm not opposed to that. You should do that. Right. Yeah, you like, should do that. that. 
<laughs> what, what do you mean I don't want to be? And that's the same thing with him. Like, so I like that about him. Yeah. But like, he his this whole thing that he's he's the icon of free speech. I, I like I yeah. don't know. I don't know if that's true, right? Like, I, the, he because he really his stance was basically like, well, the 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 Sandy Hook stuff was really bad, so yes, therefore I'm not going to let him on for the kids, right? He's he's saying that that's why I won't. he's been a hard no on Alex no matter what, right? And you know, look, it was really bad. I you know, I tend to agree mm. with that analysis, though. Mm. I mean, he has apologized for it. He's been sued for billions of dollars. I don't know what else he's and supposed that's to do. The argument to the people that are arguing to Elon to let him back on is yeah. like, dude, where, where's? If I thought you were free speech, what are we right. doing? He's apologized. He said he's sorry. You've got other liars. Um, I don't know, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, on the right. uh, on Twitter. Uh, you've let back on. What's going on? Yeah, they all. Right. They, people from across the spectrum don't necessarily understand his line which is again it is a difficult job right to run one mm-hmm. of these tech companies if you're going to have this rule where you say oh well i'm going to moderate certain content you're never going to get that line right it's no. never going to happen correct i mean it seems to me there's a pretty bright line if you're running for president in the united states you should have you should be able to get an account like honestly yeah. like <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you're just some guy who wants to just get get be run for president just because you want to tweet terrible racist things Pretty much, you should just be able to be on allowed on Twitter. A public official should be on there. We should know what they're thinking. Absolutely. That's, I don't know why the Democrats don't want Trump on. I mean, it's, it's like the best thing that oh, can I happen think, to Democrats yeah. is having Donald Trump on Twitter. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a hidden. They really want him on. You'd think. Right? I, I think it is. I think you know uh, publicly. Oh, we hate him and we don't want him on Twitter. But enough. secretly, they want him. Absolutely. There. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I mean that their life revolved around his and tweets. You know, the Are you whole kidding thing, me? The whole thing about Alex Jones is he, some of us don't like what he says. So what? Well, that's free speech, yeah. right? <laughs> right? You have to be able to say things other people don't like. Otherwise, there's no effort there. There's no. There's no issue with free speech. If everybody says beautiful, wonderful, fabulous things that everybody loves, there's no reason to. Get excited about free speech because nobody will ever deny you that. And a lot of people claim that Alex had a lot of theories right. <laughs> well, I, not yeah. that one, but yes, uh, some a lot of people do <laughs> do claim that. Some people do claim that. But like, for example, think about this from our perspective for a second. If your political opponent is doing things on social media that embarrass them or right. anger other people, other Good voters, moderate voters, you would encourage that behavior, like. If AO, if you had a switch right now that said AOC could stop tweeting, would you pull it? I would be no. no I, I'd ask her to tweet twice no as way. much. Mm-hmm. The more AOC can tweet, the better it is for yeah. conservatives. More Instagram lives. The more go. yes, keep talking about how you don't understand what a garbage disposal is. Absolutely. Keep going and blabbing as much as possible. The if AOC is the face of the Democratic Party, it's nothing but good for conservatives. And like, look, I know a lot of people love Donald Trump. There's tons of them. We also understand that a lot of people hate him and a lot of moderates won't even consider voting for Republicans if uh, he's the guy. That's just true. And so if you're a Republican, you, you know, I mean, a lot of Republicans say, please stop the tweeting. Please. You're great. You've got great policies. You're doing great things. Look at what you're doing on the border. Keep doing that. Stop the tweeting. Stop just doing this. It doesn't help. Like they, they just gave that to conservatives. They said, okay, now I can't tweet anymore. Yeah. Now, look, it's sort of a silly debate because he just posts the stuff on Truth Social and Everybody then all else. the reporters screenshot it and post it on Twitter anyway. Well, not CBS while they were taking their stand. CBS their did not do that. And, I, and that there me, was a solid and, 40 hours And that there me where, when I took my stand. Wow. I mean, Congratulations. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't report what Trump was saying. You were. Uh, that was brave. How, well, 
Are you thinking about writing a book about the period where you paused your Twitter account? <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea, actually. That is. That is. You too. There is that thing. Take a stand. That's what reporters do: is they take these brave stances and then they write books about those brave stances. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, like that's what they did with Sam Bankman Freed. Like they all took these brave. Yes. Like this man. A leader among men, yes. a man who is here to save our world, our planet. Oh, what, he screwed everybody out of $50 billion? Oh, oh. oh we have a podcast about the rise and the fall of Sam Bankman-Fried, <laughs> hosted by the same reporter who built him up eight months ago. Now that reporter is going to make millions of dollars telling you the story they should have told you originally. <laughs> Oh, that's just yeah. agonizing. This, how do they even pull this crap off? How much did you lose on FTX? I had nothing. I had nothing in FTX, how thankfully. How nothing. Nothing. I had not, not one dime in FTX. I, I don't even have an account. $8 billion. Dollars. Did you? $8, yeah. billion? eight billion? Wow. $8 oh, eight million. No, not billion. billion. Oh, eight billion. Yeah, eight billion. You had eight billion sure. dollars in FTX, sure. yeah. and you're still here doing well, this. Really? It's interesting. Uh, you, lived, right. you did not live the lifestyle of a billionaire. No, you know. I tried to hide it. Yeah, good yeah, for you. You know, you're just, just a, you know what you're you're like. Uh, what's his face? You know, from <laughs> Omaha, the Omaha Oracle. Oh yeah, we're uh, Warren, Warren Buffett, Buffett. Warren, Warren fat, fat piece of crap piece of Buffett. Buffett. <laughs> he drives the same vehicle he drove in 1947, and he lives in the same mud hut that he built in 1948. He does, he does live in the same mud hut. It's only been remodeled a slightly, hundred times. Slightly, yeah. slightly. And now slightly. it's at 85. 5,000 square foot mansion, but it is. <laughs> but it's the same, the same mud hut that he built in 1948. <laughs> okay. That's exactly, that's exactly what they do for Warren. That's unbelievable. It is. All right. So I have some good, I do have some good news, though. Okay. Right. For, for you, Pat, and maybe for you, Stu, you know, bring you back to what you consider is the dark side now. Mm -hmm. uh, researchers at the University of Washington's Institute for Health, and I love them, they've released a new study saying health effects associated with the consumption of unprocessed red meat. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's not as bad as everybody said it was. Yeah, in mm. fact, it may have little or no uh, ill so health benefits. we're back to eating meat. No right bad meat. benefits. First of all, Jeffy, you, you, you don't even stop eating meat for the broadcast. <laughs> like you literally eat like... We're back to eating red meat. Steak I, I, fingers I, I, in the middle of your <laughs> podcast. Had you paused red meat? There's little or no health risks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm just saying I haven't had right. any red meat today. I so have now, not either. Oh, that's either. brave. Oh, by, the, yeah. by the way, this I, this was the state of the science beforehand. If you go back, remember we 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 interviewed the guy, um, uh, Aaron Carroll, I think is his name. He was a, he wrote a book called The Bad Food Bible, mm -hmm. which is a, a great book if you if you feel like if you like reading about this sort of stuff. But it goes through all of the dumb health advice we get on food uh, about these oh, yeah, foods you're not yes. supposed to eat. And goes through the actual mm -hmm. evidence on them. And he, there's a whole chapter on meat where it, it goes through all of the evidence and it shows little to maybe slightly positive effects for eating some <laughs> red great. meat like if you overdo really? it yes it can yeah. be a problem well that's everything though yeah that is kind of and that's kind of the whole you kind of read that in, in the entire book right yes. I mean, that's, that should be the title of my book life story is everything in moderation because <laughs> it's the you I mean, that is exactly what you've done well, in your life exactly is that why that's how i live okay. my life i would i would like pat everything in moderation that's how i've lived my life i would 100 percent read a biography 
from Jeffy. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, Jeffy, <laughs> you should do an moderation. moderation. That would be funny. You should do that an autobiography of your life and tell real stories from your life. I love it. And <laughs> and it should be entitled "Everything, Everything in Moderation." moderation. <laughs> More coming up. I would read that in a second. The Glenn Beck Program. Miss a day, miss a. Welcome. It is uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Big week Thanksgiving coming up. Uh, I know. Mm-hmm. I'll be just over we're going absolutely hardcore Twitter style when it comes to eating food this week. Is there any like? Is there a special treat that one would recommend if you were going to like? Let's say go to someone's place that's making Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. You wanted to bring along something that they would enjoy as part of the meal, maybe a dessert of sort. Is there is there any <laughs> is, is there, there any, any recommendation, any recommendation I might have you might have as far as a dessert item? Yeah, like that you could bring well, to like a big Thanksgiving gathering that everyone would be like blown away uh, with. Let me see. You know, is there anything like that? Oh, you know what? Kexi cookies are mm. a really good way to go. Really? K E K S I Kexi.com. Uh and you could get like the sweet potato pie cookies, just so delicious. Made with real sweet potatoes, mm. marshmallows, chocolate in there. Oh man, fantastic! Ooh. And then now we got the ginger cookies. These are traditional in in my family for generations. I think dating back to the late '30s. Really, my wife has made these for Christmas, <laughs> but now they're for everybody. It's so good. Uh, anyway, plus we got a big sale coming up. We'll tell you about uh, that happens on Friday, Black Friday sale. Oh, cool! But if you want to get them right now. Uh, Kexi.com. Very cool. Thanks for asking. That's, that would that would be a recommendation that I might <laughs> that have. you might have. Because I don't like pumpkin pie that much anyway. You know, the pie thing uh, is like, I, I, I'll i always eat a p- slice of pumpkin pie and a slice of whip apple crumb is the other big one we always have at Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. And I'll always have some of them no matter what, whether I feel yeah. like it or not. I, I have to do it. Yeah. I feel like I owe it to the pie. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I mean, like, God made pumpkins for a reason. Yes. I can't. I, I mean, I, carving weird faces in them wasn't it. They, it's it almost the like pie. you're poking your fingers in the eye of the pilgrims if you don't. <laughs> right. Yes. Right? It's like that. That's how I feel. Yeah. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Here it is. The show uh, with Pat and Stu. And, uh, and you. Great to have you with us. Uh, thanks for being here. We still have uh, all kinds of things to talk about. I can't think of any of them right now off the top of my head, but I, I know there's a bunch. <laughs> Actually, our governor uh, of the great state of Texas, Greg Abbott, has declared uh, Joe Biden in violation of the U.S. Constitution over the southern border, which is good because um, he's planning to take action at the border that the federal government just won't do. He's actually talking about building the wall, um, but by doing that, you know, with state funds rather than federal government funds because the federal government's not doing their job. And so he has declared it an invasion, which allows then states to take over and handle the border border themselves because the federal government isn't doing it. That'll be interesting. I I know that they, this has not been 
treated well in the courts, these efforts right. in, yeah. in, in the past. I hope uh, this one is treated a little bit better. Yeah, hopefully it'll come before a judge that uh, Trump appointed and maybe there'll be some common sense involved. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We got that uh, coming up and much more on the radio show, which begins in just seconds. southern border uh we'll get into that a lot is going on at the southern border uh that and much more coming up in one minute if you're pretty much like everybody else out there you probably like to just always be able to get into your car start the ignition and go about your merry way without ever having to worry about getting repairs unfortunately your car may have other plans and let's face it, you obviously have to, no idea when something bad is going to happen. CarShield offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. All you got to do is choose the mechanic to do the work, and CarShield administrators handle the rest. It's incredibly easy to do, and it'll save you so much hassle. You can also count on CarShield to help take care of you when your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road. Every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, and trip reimbursement at no extra cost. Lock up your price today. It'll never go up. CarShield has our backs when uh, our cars break down, and they can have yours, too. Get coverage. You need it. Go to carshield.com slash Beck or go uh, give them a call at 800-391-8888. Save 10% on your plan. It's carshield.com slash Beck or 800-391-8888 to save 10% with CarShield. So uh, this is what... um the Biden administration says about the U.S. border. The border, the border is secure. Okay. The border is secure. The border, the border is secure. Okay. That's Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, who is trying to sell us on the fact that the border is secure. Now, only 250,000 people breached it last month. Yeah. Uh, they came in contact with the border agents anyway, and that's about... It's about three to one not coming in contact as come in contact. So what does that say about the actual numbers of people that cross the border? 750,000 in a month, perhaps? Give or take. Give or take. Yeah. And this so, all comes from a man whose last name sounds like a flavor, a brand of Greek yogurt. Yes. Doesn't it? Doesn't, it does. Couldn't you go uh-huh. by Mayorkas I, I, I'd yogurt? I'd like the Mayorkas. Yeah. yeah. Do you have phage yeah. or uh-huh. Mayorkas? <laughs> it just feels like one. Does. That's all I think about when I hear mm-hmm. the guy's name is Greek yogurt. I don't know why. Uh, but it is, uh, I think it probably should be thinking more about the, the border. Because probably, he yeah. does not do a good job. No. This is, seems to be one of the top targets of Republicans. And it's, it should be. Because it it's asinine. 
what they're saying about the border. And that's why Governor Greg Abbott just sent a letter to President Joe Biden declaring Texas was escalating its border security efforts by invoking Article 1, uh, Section 10, Clause 3 of the U.S. Constitution, which enables states to protect their own border against invasion. And in this case, by the Mexican drug cartels. And uh, I'm sure the federal government will fight Texas every step of the way. But uh, Abbott has even said he's going to build a border wall. A border wall like uh, former President Trump was talking about building on the southern border. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that was sort of lost in the election win with Ron DeSantis doing so well in Florida was how well Republicans did in Texas. I mean, you yeah. know, uh, Greg Abbott won by 12 points over Beto O'Rourke, a very well-funded opponent, even though obviously Beto is terrible in every way. Yeah, he still he, had a lot of money. Tons of money, lots of notoriety, mm-hmm. you know, big-time name recognition, incredibly favorable treatment from the local media oh, in every yeah. city in mm-hmm. Texas. Even in Texas, he and, gets great coverage. And still, Abbott blew him out. And, you know, it's interesting. You look at the those two uh options what do they have in common well they took big stances on the border yeah both both desantis and abbott both were sending migrants up to random places to <laughs> right to uh, make a statement mm-hmm. now of course the arizona governor did that as well but he was not running for uh for re-election uh but he you know he won his last election by i think 14 points uh Ducey in in arizona but in both in Texas and Florida, big wins for Republicans. Big wins. People love the fact, I, I certainly do, that they are giving New York a taste of what it's like to be a border city. Yeah. New York City a taste, has a taste, taste, just a tiny little bite-sized taste, like the, the fun size candies you get at Halloween. <laughs> yeah, not even not even like the, the <laughs> snack size, but yeah, the fun this size. The fun size. It's a little teeny one bite, mm-hmm. and it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had, what, 24,000 illegals sent their way. Which is, you know, I mean, that's significant, but they're having a cow over it. They can't handle it. They're trying to get Biden to declare an emergency for them because they're in such dire straits because a few thousand people have been sent their way. I mean, try to deal with what Texas and Arizona and California have dealt with for 40 years now. Uh, And that's a border that is nowhere near secure. And a border that brings across a lot of drugs and even some uh, some people on the terror watch list, which it was 98 uh, last month alone. 98 people on the terror watch list crossed the border. Just the 98. Yeah. I, nothing to worry about. I mean, it would take thousands in order to do any harm, right? No, wait. There were 18 on uh, 9-11. So, hmm. I guess maybe they could do some damage. I know the number is really far. It's the highest it's we've crazy. seen it. Yeah, I it's know. the highest they've ever encountered. And it, it used to be that, and it probably still is, where Democrats say, oh, that doesn't happen. No, nah, there's no terrorism coming across the southern border. Really? Okay. 98 in one month. It's, it's really amazing. Uh, and it's got to stop. And that's why uh, Governor Abbott is trying to take some measures in order to to calm it down a little bit and you know um title 42 is about to end too the Mm -hmm. uh covid restriction on border crossings they're gonna that's gonna uh transpire expire not transpire but expire 
uh, is it December? I think it's it's coming up here very shortly. And so they won't be able to keep people in Mexico due to COVID. That's over now. So it's going to get even worse. How ridiculous was that whole scenario where, okay, so the, the, the pandemic occurs. Of course, Mexico does basically nothing. They take almost no steps whatsoever at the beginning of this. And they were yeah. absolutely ravaged by COVID. I mean, they had, you know, they weren't even testing. Their, theirs was worse than ours, Much, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's, you know, the official number is lower, but they were doing almost nothing to monitor it. Uh, so we don't we don't know how bad it actually got, but there were times where the entire country was testing positive at like twenty five percent. It was like <laughs> insanely high, and you know it's kind of what you'd expect in some ways of a of a country with a uh, inferior health system. Mm-hmm. And not to say that ours was a magical success here, but we you know had a, had had more luck than a lot of uh, Central and Southern America did. So the border was a pretty important part of keeping the virus under control you didn't want people yeah. crossing the the border <clears throat> without bringing the virus into the country especially if we got it under control and i kept saying you know at the time it was like okay well let's say we do all these restrictions and it works perfectly and covid goes away because everybody is masking up and 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 this is pre pre-vaccine but like you know masking up and and staying away from each other and social distancing and not going to work and not eating inside and all the things they wanted us to do well what happens when you leave the border wide open nothing it doesn't do us any good at all because then you have people bringing in the the virus anyway and mm. we start this whole thing over and over again but the democrats never cared no about that in no, fact they, they fought not. against the COVID restrictions on the border over and over again. And while they were making sure our teachers and our um, uh, first responders and all of these things were getting fired from their jobs because they didn't take the vaccine, they were not requiring the vaccine for illegal immigrants being allowed into the country. Yeah. Now, why on earth we actually do have a legitimate constitutional right to tell citizens of other countries if they're going to come into our country we can put all sorts of crazy restrictions on them oh because yeah. we are a sovereign nation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so you might not like you know uh, vaccine requirements as i do not like vaccine requirements but we absolutely have the right to put vaccine requirements on people visiting this country we do not have to let anybody in here if we don't want to we are a sovereign mm-hmm. nation now you might think that's a dumb idea which i would agree with you but like we have all sorts of vaccine requirements for people visiting the country way before covid was a thing yeah like we 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 want we don't want people bringing in you know uh, all sorts of different diseases uh that are hot spots uh, all around the uh, around the world we don't want people bringing them in here so we require that and that's totally our right as a country but yet the democrats were like no nah, just like we got a pandemic going on we're, we're, we're ruining the lives of all of our citizens. Right. but if you want to come in here illegally you don't have to get the vaccine don't worry about that at all <laughs> just, just come on in I just don't understand it. Well, because don't it's understand obviously it. what they're saying is not true. Yeah. But they don't actually right. care mm, they about don't. these things. They've got other things at play and they've mm. been working these same agendas for a long time. But it is it's it's really weird to watch it play out in real time because they don't even try to square the circle. They don't try to to close the loop here. They don't try to make any of this make sense. <laughs> no, know? they really they don't. don't. They really don't. Did you get the did you get the boosters? Uh, I got a booster. Oh, you did? Uh, uh, so last up year. Up to three. Up to three no, shots? two. Okay, so you got the I got fully two. vaxxed. Yes. And, and I got one booster. And before, one booster. Before the uh, Omicron thing. And I will say, hey, look, you know, okay. look, I don't, I, 
I literally don't care if you get your vaccine at all. <laughs> I don't care what you do with your life. I don't care what medicine yeah. you take, whether, and you shouldn't care if I do. Um, I, no one, no one cares. And my, you know, I, I don't, there's no reason to talk about this. People have made their mind up or they've already had it at this point. I mean, we're, we're yeah. so far beyond the point where this makes any point to talk about. Um, but, uh, but uh, I did get the, the, I got the Johnson and Johnson one initially. So okay. I, I had the one shot. Right. And oh, then okay. I got the, oh, with the and- one booster before Omicron. And I don't know. I mean, I, who knows what happens with this stuff? I will say I did sit I in here know. with one Glenn Beck with COVID mm-hmm. unknowing to me in this little tiny room we sit in and and him blabbing and it. screaming and yelling two feet away from me <laughs> for, for three shows. And you did not three get it. shows, he, nine, nine hours of radio. Okay. And I did not get it. So if there's any, huh. I don't know if that had anything to do with whatever, who cares at this point, right. but get it or don't. Well, you had it too. So you've got natural immunity and yes, the I got it before the vaccines even came out. Right. And like, look, everyone the vaccine thing is just so beat to death at this point in my mind but it's like you know nothing worked fully right like you had i think when you look at death and Mm -hmm. both natural immunity and the vaccine seem to work really well against death and and uh and hospitalization yeah it did Uh, once omicron hit both the vaccine kind of out the window and all we should note also natural immunity yeah we're out the window glenn got it twice he got it the first time and then he had natural (laughs) immunity he had a really bad case the first time i mean he was in real a really really rough spot the first time he got covid yeah and then he got it again the next year and it wasn't nearly as bad it wasn't as bad but because he had some thing just media. wasn't it cut through all of the stuff when yeah. it came to transmission i mean it came it cut through all of it yeah but i mean regardless but it didn't matter as much because it was much milder it was much milder so um and look you know this is the thing and you know we, i talk about there's a lot of people around here who are you know totally against getting the covid vaccine and like that's mm-hmm. you're right as a human mm-hmm. being you should be able to mm-hmm. make your own freaking decisions mm-hmm. and, and the reason why i think people get so crazy and passionate about about this stuff is because you're asking them to do something they don't want to do and and, and yeah. forcing them to do it yes. threatening them with their livelihood to that get it or not always the issue not whether or not you got it yeah it's whether or not the government forced you to get it yes I mean, which look, should never have happened. But, but medicine should not be a political issue like this. Right. It's, it's dumb. Just get it if you want to get it. Right. You know, how many medicines are you taking, Pat? I, I don't know if you're like me. I'm getting uh, older. I'm in my mm-hmm. mid 40s right now. So I have a giant pack of pills that you're taking like every day <laughs> yes. vitamins and nutrients and minerals and medicines yep. and i don't mm-hmm. even know what the, some of it i don't even think it's real i think my wife is just <laughs> slipping in like pez candies in there at this point just to fill up the box. Yeah. But the bottom line is like we don't we don't need to discuss every freaking medicine we take. <laughs> Why? That's what you do when you get older and you're a guy. Every time you see your old friends, hey, you're like, hey, my liver pills. Oh, you guys taking that new liver pill? Oh, oh it's so wonderful. Good. It's doing, doing my wonders. My liver feels better than it has since I was in my 60s. <laughs> that's what every conversation becomes. That yeah. doesn't have to be our society. 888-727-BECK. <laughs> Pat and Stu for Glenn today. Uh, let's go to Brian in Ohio. Hey, Brian, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Hey, uh, can you hear me? Yep. Through the miracle of oh, modern yeah. technology. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Now, I just had a uh, theory I, I wanted to run by you guys. You're going to think I'm um, trying to be silly, but I'm, I think I might be on something here. 
Uh, first off, let me say that I do believe as far as far as the uh, Paul Pelosi attack that they were both in their underwear. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 do, I do believe stance. this. <laughs> okay. I, I do. I do believe that. I do believe that to be true. <laughs> and just to cut to the chase here, I think that there was something going on between the two gentlemen, and hmm. uh, the assail- the assailant came over, you know, to you know to have a have a sexy time. We'll just say that. <laughs> And, uh, that's why, that's why Paul, that, okay. that's why, that's why, that's why Paul Pelosi didn't, didn't sound, you know, irate or, or screaming or anything uh-huh. and kept his composure when he called 911. And obviously when the cops did finally show up, once again, like everyone says, he didn't run out the door into the, and get behind the cops. He went back to the assailant. So yeah, I think, yeah, uh, that's weird. I think, they're, I, think they're, I think they're making a little, a little gay and, and okay. then, oh, all right, all right. thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't think there's <laughs> God. Uh, look, there was an initial report that said they were in their underwear. There was one yeah. initial report that was retracted within an hour or two. And that, really, there hasn't been much more about that. Look, the bottom line is we have vi- we're going to have video evidence of this. And eventually we'll probably know a lot more of the answer. I will well, we, say, yeah, what, we've got the we've got the cops uh, body cams, right? Uh, yeah, eventually we're going to see that. Eventually we'll see that. I think. But and there's also there should be security cameras from the house. Probably that we'll see that as well. Exactly. Now, but, if they were if they were in their underwear together, you would think that he wouldn't have broken into the house, right? Paul Pelosi would have let him in. It wouldn't make much sense to even no. break the window. Now, you know, look, everyone point. Oh, well, the glass is on the outside. There, all these things are. There's a million yeah. theories yeah, out yeah. there. I will say, what one of the things that feeds these theories, right or wrong. Is, for example, what happened with the NBC reporter yeah. who came out and said, hey, uh, looks like he Pelosi opened the door and then walked back over to his uh, attacker where then they had this this interaction. Uh, that that uh, whole thing that he said uh, and was, by and the way, true. not a live off the cuff thing. It was mm-hmm. a produced report mm-hmm. built with graphics and all sorts, I mean, I, you know, look, I, not everybody in the audience goes through TV broadcasts every day, but like when you want to get a graphic made, when you're doing a recorded piece, mm-hmm. this goes through all sorts of layers of checking. You know, it doesn't just get on the air. Right. You, you have to go, there's people who look at it, especially at a place like NBC News, there's people who approve it. When we were at CNN, good God to get a, a recorded piece on the air. Whenever we would go to, you know, we would go to get something um, done in the edit room. I mean, they had the editors basically reporting to, to, to uh, higher authorities when yeah. they thought we were doing something that wasn't <laughs> accurate. And then we would get called in and we'd say, well, can you back this up? And we'd have to take out the documentation and show them that we could, yes, back this up. There's all sorts of layers. So this goes on. Then this guy gets suspended. And then while he's still currently suspended, mm-hmm. we have the other reporting coming out that, yes, this is what happened. He, he came to the door. And then he opened the door and he went back toward his reporter. Now, his attacker. Now, the reporter at the time gave an explanation for why this could occur that was not, uh, not, you know, egregious or not uh, conspiratorial. conspiratorial. He said the police did not know his mental state at the time, indicating like. Maybe Pelosi had already been in the, hit in the head with a hammer already, and right. he, he, he didn't and know he what anything was going on. Right, right. like totally right. believable. Mm-hmm. But when you, and that may be the cause, but when you go and then you you silence a reporter for no reason, give no explanation. Think of the things 
that reporters demand explanations of. All the time, when people get fired, they demand explanations. If someone makes an accusation against a, a, a man in power, some woman who the guy says he doesn't even know, he he's forced to make a statement because the media demands it. Yet, the media never gives explanations for the crap they do. When they have the Me Too person in their organization, they say nothing. They say nothing, and no other media organization bothers them about it because they know next time it's probably going to be them. So they all work together to make their lives easier and destroy everybody else's lives. So now this poor reporter who did nothing but report the facts of the situation, now backed up by multiple other mainstream media sources, he's still suspended, and his reputation's been destroyed. I would not be surprised to see Miguel Almaguer fired from now on mm-hmm. some sometime in the near future we'll just hear yeah he's been let go I, and there's no reason for it absolutely no reason for it crazy it, it really I, is i and mean and it just it, like you said it just leads you to believe that there's something else going on stop contributing to the conspiracy theories tell us what really happened then show us the video triple eight seven two seven beck more patents stew for glenn coming up It's uh, Pat Gray, Stuber Gear for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Make sure you check out Stu Does America every single night, every every weeknight. It, nobody knows what time it's on. Uh, 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern, oh, Pat. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess Stu does. Stu knows what time it's on. Yes, 8 p.m. Eastern and also available whenever you would like it as, uh, as your, uh, your chosen podcast platform. So Always I don't there. have to watch it at 8. I can watch it at 9 if I want to. Yeah. And which is incredible. Or 10. You can watch it whenever you want or on nice. YouTube, youtube.com slash America. Modern think, technology. By the way, I think Man. we're going to do this week a, a, a election wrap-up Q&A on, uh, on the YouTubes. So okay. go there and subscribe. And if you click the little bell, they'll alert you when we're doing a live. You can ask your questions, whatever you want, mm. as, it, uh, as it comes to the election, kind of looking back and wrapping okay. it up before we go to the holidays. What do you think are the odds that Herschel wins in Georgia? Uh, I would say... Mr. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty close to 50-50. I think he has a chance. I, I think the this the sort of common knowledge, the common uh, take on this is that because Kemp isn't there to help him, he'll wind up losing. But, you know, I However, mean... However, the uh, independent or libertarian, whoever else was running, isn't there either. Isn't there either. To hurt him. Right. And he took, what, 2% two per, two of the vote, I think? Something like that. 2%. 2.1%. Uh, but so the other thing is now the Senate not on the line, so perhaps yeah. there's not quite as much focus on that. I think in a in a mm. in a normal race where people, and it's it's still a leaning red state. I think you know you saw that mm-hmm. in the gubernatorial race. You know Kemp is, did a good job. I think he's a pretty good governor uh, and has a pretty good record. Right? I mean, people yeah. would remember that he he got yelled at by President Trump for opening too early. Right. <laughs> okay. That's right. <laughs> you know, people forget that. Uh, so he has a, he had a good record through COVID. He's had a good record as a governor, and he won easily. I mean, blew out Stacey Abrams. So I think in a normal race, that's sort of still where there's still a lean to the red for Georgia, and, and in a lower turnout race with the Senate not on the line now, I think he's got a chance. I think, I, I you know, he might be the slight underdog. 
but he I think he has a real chance of winning that race. And if the Republicans mm-hmm. take I mean, one thing I will say to Republicans who are frustrated, maybe in Georgia and saying, oh, gosh, I don't know if I want to go out and bother here. I understand that. But remember, this is this is a Senate term. This is six years. Mm-hmm. This is a seat in the bank when 2024 comes. Right. That's a mm-hmm. big deal. It's a seat you don't have to win in 2024. It's already there in 2024 and 2026. Yeah. When you're when you're fighting for control of the Senate, that's an yeah. election you've already won for both of those two cycles. If you, when, when we talked about this, and Warnock is such a radical, no, so bad too. I mean, so you want him bad. in there for six more years? The guy it, ran over his wife. Well, it's her foot. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> he ran over his wife's foot? Yeah, he did intentionally. I believe so. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Apparently, it was intentional. They were in a little. St- I, I mean, this is. Uh, I don't know. This is bad. And both. Uh, this is all the people talk about. In this election is who did what to the person's ex-wife, which is a bizarre way to go. But, you know, if (laughs) if we remember this election, Pat, started in the bank, 36 to 29 Democrats with the lead. They're up by seven coming into the election. Wow. So that padding makes a big difference. Yeah. So really, I mean, making Mm -hmm. sure Herschel Walker can get the seat is still a massive focus it's only it's a big three deal weeks for, away something like that and it's a big deal for 2024 when republicans have a little bit better chance of yeah. winning back the senate yeah in fact they they should i mean really, yeah, really should. unless things go terribly wrongly terrible for, for them in the next couple of years they should they should easily win back the house uh, the senate in 2024 the, the map face favors them in a big way the question is what happens over the next couple of years if we have economic problems if we kind of see what we the situation we have here and of course we should note good candidates are picked mm-hmm. in the primaries which is vitally important as we've seen here mm-hmm. if that happens republicans will be heavily favored they were the underdog coming in to this if, if you took out joe biden's performance and just said okay what's the state of play here you'd say okay democrats have a big edge going into this race be just because of the map and nothing to do with any rules they broke nothing to do with any you know underhanded tactics just mm-hmm. the fact that they start up 36 29 and a tie is a loss for republicans 50 50 is a loss yeah so yeah. you know there's a real there's a real situation there where so they actually had to in reality win 12 seats right 11 seats no they had to get to 12 right if they were 29 if they were at 29... Well, they have to get to 22. They'd have to win 22 seats to get to 51. 22 seats. Right. Jeez, man. Yeah, they're right. I'm thinking 40. Yeah. No. no uh, gotta, 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 50. Yeah. So, yeah, my math was ever so slightly off. <laughs> well, you're, maybe we're thinking of the filibuster. Maybe that's why Republicans didn't win, because their math was off as well. They're yeah. are thinking, we'll get to we'll 40. We'll get to 40. We'll be fine. And it'll be good. Yeah, no, you got to get above <laughs> that. And that's going to be big with judge, judges here. I mean, over the next wow. few years, unfortunately... There's really no path to Repu- for Republicans to block judges. Even if they got to 51, right, it would right. be difficult because people like Mitt Romney or Susan Collins could just mm-hmm. approve them, or Lisa and, Murkowski, and will and, and will just approve them. Yeah. So you, you weren't safe unless you got to 54 or 55, mm. really, to, to, to block most of these people. But look, the bottom line, and I, and I think people are super negative about the election. They, they should be in a lot of ways. It was an underachieving election. But the bottom line is, Democrats are bragging about losing. Yeah. They have a worse situation in January than they do right now. Yeah. And they are bragging about this as if this was some incredible achievement when their own polling in the summer showed that they had a really good chance, like almost a 50% chance of winning the House and an 80 or 90% chance mm-hmm. of winning the Senate. 
and a chance of, of, of that looking really good. In fact, maybe 53, 54 seats. Nancy Pelosi herself said they were going to hold the, the, uh, the House. Yep. Even the House, she said they were going to hold. They did believe that, and they didn't get what they wanted. You know, it's such a weird way that we, ju- we judge elections, Pat. It's like the only way we judge elections is what was the preconceived notion a week beforehand? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. if we look at the preconceived notion three months beforehand, this was a great result for Republicans. Mm-hmm. because the the thought was they were going to lose the House and the Senate. Yeah. Now, a week before, it looked like they were going to win at least the House. And, and maybe the and Senate. And maybe the Senate, although that was still a 50-50 type of scenario. I think the final 538 model had it at 59-41, but a week beforehand, it was 50-50, basically, uh, for Republicans to win. And mm. the, the House is disappointing because the margin is so bad. Yeah. I, I will say the margin, look, they got control. That's what they needed to do. They should have been able to get to 230 seats without really that much difficulty. And they blew some really close seats. And, what, and you know, it's funny because when you look at the actual final vote count, they did pretty well. I mean, you could see a red wave appearing in the popular vote count in the House, which, by the way, we should note, means nothing. Just like the popular vote count in the presidency means nothing. But it is a se- usually you get a sense of how the election went by looking at the popular vote count in the house and republicans are going to win that probably by almost four points which is a pretty solid margin mm-hmm. the issue was, it, it was that they did it in the dumbest possible way which is if you look at like a typical race they'd be expected to win by 20 in a bright red district they won that race by 30 in a typical race they were supposed to lose by 30 in a bright blue district they didn't lose by 30 they lost by 20 or 10 Mm-hmm. but that didn't change anything and then in the purple districts where maybe it was a toss-up they lost by like two so they wind up losing a lot mm-hmm. of those purple districts that they had a chance to win or like a race where they were they were an underdog by eight points and wound up losing by five points instead well they picked up some points but they didn't change the seats and so they didn't really get all that much for that four-point victory they did it in an incredibly inefficient way which is an interesting story like that's the thing with new york where they wound up you know winning some seats but they wound up doing very well in bright blue districts keeping it really close we saw that with the gubernatorial race where Hochul, which you'd expect a governor in new york to win by 20 points only won by five but what does that do for you nothing not much nope right i mean nothing. it makes you feel good mm-hmm. and it probably helped them win some of the congressional seats Right, so it did, yeah, maybe. probably did some some damage there, which that was really positive. Did some damage in the state house as well, but at the end of the day, making a blowout election a close election is not all that much of an accomplishment. You don't get too excited about that. You know what? There's something to say for the change in Florida because Florida was considered purple mm-hmm. until fairly recently. I mean, Ron DeSantis won by zero point four percent. Right. Last time, and then this time, he wins by 20. So that's a major change. Plus, they got got Republicans all throughout the state uh, and did really well. I mean, there was a red wave in Florida. And and some of that, the Hispanic support Republicans were looking for actually occurred in Florida. Actually happened. It happened in Florida. Yeah. You know, Republicans were trying to flip three seats in in South Texas and uh, were unable. I think they got one of the three. Yeah. But made some real inroads there. But in Florida and Arizona, you saw some pretty significant gains when it comes to uh, the Hispanic vote. And California as well. The other thing that was great about Florida is 
We used to mock and make fun of them. They were they yeah. were the butt of the joke about elections for years. I mean, anybody remember the 2000 election? I mean, Florida was, they were incompetent. They didn't know what they were doing. They had the hanging pregnant chads. Mm-hmm. Remember all that? Now they fixed that. And like the next day, when you're supposed to know uh, all of the election results, they knew the election results. So they've really fixed a lot. Isn't that about interesting? That process. How does that happen? How does I, such I a don't crazy know. thing It's amazing. Happen? A mysterious that, concept of how huh. to change, you know, count some votes the night of the election. Right? I mean, what is California you, at? 70% you, right in the, now? In the year? Right now. Yeah, right now. What are we? Uh, we're going on two weeks? Two weeks? It'll be two weeks tomorrow, right? And are they... Two weeks tomorrow. That's incredible. It really is pathetic. Wow, that's, uh, you know, and what would you expect in the year 2022? I mean, it's 2022. You can't... Right now... You can't have those election results the night of. Right now, we have 218. Some people have 219 called for Republicans. I've seen 219. Yeah. It's says, a, yeah. New York Times has 218 called for Republicans. Um and this was updated this morning, so this is okay. this is uh, up to date information. California's third district, right now, the Republican leads by ten thousand and sixty eight votes. How much of with, the uh... with seventy one percent of the vote count? Oh my gosh! But, uh, that so is that could go either way. Pathetic, still, right? Right. Yeah. It's still it's still uncalled two because of that. Weeks. Two weeks later, how is that possible? How is it even possible? They have up to a month to do it. It's in state law. <sighs> it's unreal. So why why <laughs> wow. are they in a rush? They're going to stay there all night when they got a month. Why no. would they? Why would? And they? of course, they have. You can votes can show up late as long as it's postmarked on time, That's which is completely ridiculous. Yeah. Now, if you're in Alaska. You know, you, maybe you, you forgive it a little bit. There's a, still a House race that's uncalled in Alaska, though the Democrats are going to win it. Well, Alaska is the size of Asia. So yeah, it's the it size of Asia, and there's like four roads. <laughs> yeah. So I can understand why that's it takes a, a while for votes to come in there. California, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. None. Get the votes there by Election Day. Yeah. Period. Yeah, absolutely should be the case. 888-727-BECK. More Pat and Stu for Glenn coming up. The Glenn Back Program. Uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. A little football over the weekend. Uh, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles came through in the last few seconds. There, <laughs> that's true. They? they played a good eighth of a quarter <clears throat> of solid football in that game and wound up winning seventeen to sixteen. I mean, that's a sign of a championship team, though. They play crappy and still win. Oh gosh, I hope so. That's a nice way to go. I don't know if I could take two Super Bowl wins in the same year. Or same same lifetime. I mean, I was I thought I'd get one if I was lucky, and finally mm-hmm. that came. Two thousand seventeen, the glorious right. greatest game of football I've ever ever played, <laughs> and now uh, they're doing now pretty it well. Looks like, like I, it could happen. I, I don't know if there's. I, look, I would love to see it. They're nine and one, so they should yeah. make the playoffs. Hopefully, they're the number one seed. They got a two game lead. Yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, I got to hear from the Cowboys fans who somehow blew out Minnesota forty to three yesterday. So I, I'm surrounded by Cowboys fans here, so the rest yeah. of the nation can understand the torture that goes into that life. The Green Bay Packers, what? Hey, I don't, I don't even know what to say about them. They're yeah. just bad. You're a big Packers fan, and they did not look good on Thursday they night. Just did. They haven't looked good all year, really. I mean, they beat the Cowboys, which was nice. I don't know how they accomplished that, uh, but they've lost to everybody else, virtually everybody else. What are they? Four and eight or something? Four and seven, four and eight. I don't know. They're mm-hmm. not. They're not doing well. No, they're not doing very well. Maybe it's well. three and eight. They are four and seven. Currently four and seven right now. I, was right. I, I will say. Uh, I will say this, Pat. Mm-hmm. 
uh, our football still a lot better than the world's football. They had the the, the yes. World Cup is going on, I guess, in Qatar, and they were like, "Hey, two days before, they're like, hey, no beer at the stadium." And everyone, yeah. everyone's like, wait a minute, Wait, what? what? First of all, Budweiser's been supporting this event for like 100 years. It's like they're the biggest sponsor. And secondly, like, <laughs> how can you watch soccer without alcohol? It's unwatchable even if you're hammered. How, imagine going to a soccer match sober. No one's ever seen no. a soccer match sober before. <laughs> no, it's you're never right. occurred. It's never happened. And I'm talking even like little league soccer. Even no. if your kid is playing, you know it. You're hammered in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> just to try to find some level of enjoyment of this terrible kicking sport. <laughs> and it's awful. so frustrating. I've tried to watch a little soccer because people just are. You got to watch it in order to appreciate it, Pat. That's the only thing you have to watch it to appreciate. So I've tried to watch a did couple you of soccer matches. It? I did not no. appreciate it. It frustrated so the heck out of me. Boring. You kick the ball. You, they kick it back, then you kick it really far down the field, then somebody else kicks it way far back. Yeah. And well, what about the subtleties of the game? <laughs> yeah, the subtleties of the game don't lead to goals. <laughs> like, is it, yes, it's interesting to see a play broken down that leads to something. Right. But, like, the fact right. that the ball went from the middle of the field to slightly one side of the field to the other, not it's exciting. a subtlety that's not interesting. It's not exciting. By the way, U.S. plays uh, Wales today at one o'clock eastern time i believe oh uh, wow i, so I am gonna be riveted, riveted to that match. riveting can't wait to watch it can i have beer this is the glenn back program and welcome to it big Happy show big show big week mm-hmm. of shows mm-hmm. and this week it's pat and Stu all week at least until try the reel well it's monday tuesday wednesday that's my whole week though i'm right for Thanksgiving, that's the whole week. Yeah. Thursday and Friday. We will have, a, I think, a best of on Thursday and a fill-in host on Friday. So make sure to tune in if you wish. Um, we would love you to do, to do so. What is the loaf thing you do every year for Thanksgiving? Oh, Worthington's right? protein loaf? Yeah, the, pro- <laughs> the protein loaf. <laughs> that, man, that the dinner bell is ringing every time I hear so protein loaf. Mm. Mm. Now, you mm. actually mm. did taste the Worthington's I protein did, loaf. I did, and it was not bad. It was not bad. It was pretty good. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the it wasn't bad. There are, I will say, there are some that are not good. Not good. <laughs> I believe that. Uh, there are some options I've tried. I, I usually try to... to Worthington's is, the, is a really solid option, but some, so, sometimes I like try to a new one, see what's out on the market. Yeah, and uh, you regret it. Sometimes I really regret it. Worthington's yeah. always solid, always solid. <laughs> I mean, you don't great. you don't want to eat something called a protein loaf, but when you do, <laughs> you appreciate it, and you go Worthington every time. Another shooting over the weekend, really sad. Uh, we'll get into what happened there and 
how the left is treating it, as always, uh, coming up in just 60 seconds. The holiday season is here and millions of people are holiday shopping and hoping to score Black Friday deals. This flurry of shopping activity also attracts scammers, of course, looking to cash in. Many shoppers report experiencing fraud during the holiday season. Scammers can easily take advantage of the season to make off with your gifts, credit card information, or identity. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. We do everything online these days and you don't want to cut internet safety out of the budget it's important so get 25 percent off a subscription to lifelock right now it's the top of the line in cybersecurity, with both preventative measures to keep you safe and access to a restoration team if you do end up having your information hacked into no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses but you can help protect what's yours with lifelock by norton join now and you save up to 25 percent off your first year with the promo code beck Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off at lifelock.com. Pat and Stu on the Glenn Beck program today. Uh, A 22-year-old gunman killed five people, injured 25 more in an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Man, has Colorado been beset with mass shootings or what? Uh, it's got to be the worst wow, state for them. It's got to be. At least the big, you know, sort of headline-grabbing yeah. versions of it. Uh, really, really sad. Because but... the Batman movie uh, shooting that happened at, at one of the midnight showings, that was there. Of course, Columbine. Uh, you had a, a shooting at Colorado Springs last year and another one this year. The suspect uh, in the shooting at Club Q was identified, uh, I won't even say his name, um, but he was identified by police. They don't. They don't necessarily have a motive yet. Yeah, apparently, he's divulged. not talking to police. Um. Huh. Wonder if that'll continue. That's interesting. Uh, after entering the nightclub, though, he immediately opened fire before at least at least two people inside the club confronted and fought him. I mean, that's really something a couple of heroes here yeah and a couple of people who did this you know without being armed right, right. and yeah it's, it, it sort of puts in the fo- focus of how horrible the uvaldi situation was when you had yeah, right actual oh, law enforcement heavily armed doing there, nothing doing nothing really really makes the yeah. that situation seem even more frustrating when you do see that this is the way a lot of times it does stop obviously we right. have seen many many shootings be stopped by citizens with weapons themselves mm-hmm. which has been uh, been something that the media doesn't usually like to talk about but we also have seen it just people rushing rushing a shooter and, and right. some of them you know uh, paying have for lost it. their lives uh, yeah doing that but they've mm-hmm. been able to stop it as well but these uh these people uh accosted him one of them took a, a handgun from him and hit him in the head with it and that That's stopped the shooting there. Yeah. yeah and they held him down until i guess police showed up which police, I guess, got there pretty quickly, too. Uh, so oh. uh, just uh, a great effort from two people who just happened to be at the club, mm-hmm. as far as we know. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, the media is trying to make this into, um, um, you know, this was this is basically the conservative ideology in action. Oh, jeez. Which it is not. Uh, we <laughs> might want to note that conservative uh, individuals, uh, we say law and order a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Murder would fall out side of that particular paradigm seems that way yeah. Uh, you know usually you, you'd mm-hmm. say murder 
bad. You know, it was mentioned yeah. in, actually in a very important book uh, that took many conservatives. Uh, oh, really? Called the Bible. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they, they specifically say, d- d- I, I don't know much about mm, it. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, it's an old book, but it but it's in there. It says, huh. don't, don't murder. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says like, you, sh- you shouldn't do it. I think is uh, And a lot of conservatives, you think, follow that? You know the word sort shalt? Of of you, ever, you ever hear the word shalt? I have. It says, thou shalt not. 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 Mur- not murder. Okay. So don't do that. Don't do and it. And everyone knows not to do it. It's not mm-hmm. part of the conservative ideology, even <laughs> if you don't necessarily agree with whatever was going on in the club. If you go and murder people at the club, you are way, way, way worse than anything yeah. that's ever happened in any club. Right. You are mm-hmm. uh, the lowest form of human being possible. Mm-hmm. Committing and, the worst crime you can commit. And here's the thing. One, once, they, once you go through a trial, I hope the ending is you are executed. That's what I hope happens. If you happen yes. to be the person who goes right. in and does something like this in a club, no matter what they're doing in the club, you are an enemy to all humanity. My guess is 99.999% of all conservatives would agree with that statement, yes, too. I think so. Uh, it's interesting because police are trying to decide whether this was a hate crime. Uh, as if, you know, it's a so strange dumb. concept to me. Like, other shootings are done with a lot of love. Yeah, very love and care. How many? Love and tender care. Yeah. Uh, they're not hate. That's has nothing to do with it. Uh, I'm shooting out of love here in, in this particular shooting. And it, look, it is... The media, every single time there's a mass shooting, tries to say it's conservatives until the facts come out and that's disproved. Like, they just Mm -hmm. try to grab the news headlines. They do it every single time, no matter what the cause is. Yes. They always do the same thing. And I think, like, when you see a situation like this, where a a, a LGBTQQIA2 plus uh, club is is targeted like you know a lot of people are gonna that's not that's gonna be a lot of people in the middle even some conservatives gonna be like god i hope this isn't someone who thinks drag shows for children are bad and is trying to make some statement it's understandable Mm. to think about that though Mm -hmm. if you do remember the pulse nightclub shooting which was universally promoted as a conservative trying to kill gay people what it not was being, not yeah what i'm not being that case right. after all right after all of uh, the evidence came out that was actually not what happened at the pulse nightclub shooting so we look we don't know where this is going to go obviously the the sensible thing to do is to wait and understand the details of the case before you form of course the left is not going to do that they're not going to do that they only do that they only do that in cases like you know uh, pelosi right where they they don't know we don't know what's going on they're like you gotta wait until all the details come out you gotta wait you gotta wait you gotta wait because this could be bad for us well i I prefer to wait for both like i'm not guessing Mm -hmm. at what was going on at Pelosi's uh, house. I want to know the information. I want to know what the investigation shows. I want to know what the video mm-hmm. shows. And the same thing here. I want I, I do want to know what this person's motivation is. I will never say his name because I don't want someone to get to to chase the glory in this way. Mm-hmm. But these things do happen and whatever the motivation is, you know, I know I know of no conservative who would do anything but shun uh, this type of activity and want it punished to the full extent of the law. And apparently the guy's just crazy. He held his his mother yeah. hostage last year with some kind of bomb threat. And there was a standoff with police last year. And so the guy's obviously just nuts. Was that a hate crime too? Or was that done with love? I don't know. I don't well, know it was either. his mom. So that was a loving okay. crime. What, right. Why? Why? Let me ask you this, Pat. Why? 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 Why was this person 
Not in jail? Not in jail. Yeah, it's a good question. I feel like when, it, like, again, I keep coming back to, and I use you often as the example when I think this of this, but like, you drive 27 miles an hour in a 25 mile an hour zone and mm-hmm. you get pulled over for a speeding ticket. <laughs> right. Right? Yes. And you get, you never get off. They never no. say, yeah, we have a little written warning for you. Virtually every time. Every time they give you a ticket. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I did something like got in a standoff with police over a bomb threat, I would be in jail for a really a long, time. long time. Like long time. I, I would expect to be in jail. Yeah. For a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like everyone else who does this just just out. Oh, he's out. He can go. He can yeah. go buy, you know, go buy a gun. Yep. Um, you know, and, and and it's not this is not a criticism of of our second amendment rights which are incredibly important, but like we do have limitations on them when you commit felonies. <laughs> Usually like right. you don't allow that anymore. But this guy, I don't know, we don't even know if this guy bought a gun or if it was legal or what. But like why was he outside and able to do anything? Why was he able to enter a club? <laughs> yeah. Seems like a pretty egregious crime when you're holding your mother hostage. Yeah. And threatening her with some kind of bomb material. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, seems serious. And like while the Republicans are, are going out of their way, and I think this is smart to say the Hunter Biden investigation, well, that's that's about Joe Biden and his financial crimes and they're serious. And I think that's a smart focus for them to, to be on. But it's like, I think to myself, like, let's just say, I decided to have kind of a crazy weekend mm-hmm. and I just lined up prostitute after prostitute and did drug after drug off of their naked bellies <laughs> and decided to film myself on my cell phone camera naked most of the time naked most of the time uh-huh. doing drugs uh hooking up with hookers mm-hmm. and then I decided you know what I'm also going to do going to going to record that on my phone <clears throat> going to store it on my laptop then okay. going to drop my laptop off at a computer repair uh, shop and, and then, then leave it there forever and leave it there forever so that it gets leaked to the press okay. the FBI has a copy of it I feel like I might get in trouble for such things I know that's not the big story when it yeah. comes to Hunter Biden mm-hmm. but I feel <clears throat> as if I myself might run into a little legal trouble if i did all that stuff and also by the way one of the women i was hooking up with i impregnated and then just left them so they had to have the doesn't seem to be any consequences for this guy for crimes no right like i understand that like someone hooking up with a hooker or doing drugs is not as big a deal as billions of dollars being shuttled between joe biden and his i understand those are bigger issues yeah. but like why aren't there consequences why what like some of this stuff happened in red states it's not like it was all bright blue states why aren't there consequences for like the boring stuff that hunter biden was doing like hookers and 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 blow and all of the other <laughs> things he was doing like i feel like i would get in trouble for it Mm-hmm. Do you think you'd just get away? Do people, I, we should have asked Jeffy when he was in here, do people get away with that? <laughs> like, if you're, if you are hooking up with hookers, you're doing mm. drugs, you're committing financial fraud, you've got gun crimes, oh, yeah. you're lying on federal forms right. to acquire a firearm, do people just routinely get away with that? I don't think so. I feel like I would definitely get yeah. in trouble mm, for I'm it. I'm pretty sure you would, and so would I. But I guess if you're a president's son, that gives you maybe some, that's is that it? Yeah, I guess so. Is I, he just special in it. some way? He's special because yeah. you know they talk about this all the time when they talk about uh, you know well we need to we need to keep uh, there's uh, our prisons are there's a higher proportion of uh, of African Americans in prison 
And we need to make sure that we, we, we have to stop that. This is the prison industrial complex. And you know this left-wing argument that com- mm-hmm. comes all the time. What they leave out of that argument is a large reason why there is a, 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 a problem with this is because you're enforcing the gun control laws liberals passed. When, when you say anyone that do, you know, doesn't go through all the perfect processes uh, for, uh, for gun crime, when they don't go through that process correctly, a lot of times what you're doing is you're scooping up 18-year-olds in cities who are, want to be kind of fake gangbangers and probably are never going to use the gun, but went and got a gun in some illicit way, and then they wind up in prison. These are all left-wing laws mm-hmm. that wind up gun control scooping up African-Americans and putting them in prison for long periods of time because the left has decided that's what they're going to do with these laws. And, you know, Hunter Biden doesn't get punished for them. I mean, I understand why someone who's saying, wait a minute, why is Hunter Biden getting away with this? And my teenage son who got messed up, I mean, mixed up with the wrong crowd for a couple of months and got caught with a gun. Oh, it's a legitimate point. It's a legit point. It is. It is a legit point that many on the left have. It's a. It's a different. Uh, it, it's a different society for those of us who are not among the elite. Mm-hmm. It's sad, but apparently true. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. More coming up. Uh, you know, the shooting that uh, doesn't seem to be getting any attention is what happened at the University of Virginia, where uh, three black football players were shot and killed. What was five injured or something to that effect? Um, and the media is not interested in that one at all. They just don't care. Uh, it's just another black on black crime. And I guess you just ignore that. It's unbelievable, really. Unbelievable. Um and they're they're not even they're not even talking about the gun used or whether there should be gun control because of this or I I just don't hear virtually anything about it. It's really amazing. It really is. And, and, and these things come and go. They come and go as they as they do because of how they serve the left wing cause. Mm-hmm. If they serve the left wing cause, they stay around for a very long time. If they do not, they go away almost immediately. That is absolutely the state of our media right now. If, uh, yeah, I mean, like the most egregious example of all time, I believe, Pat, tell me if you, if you think there's a better one. The most egregious example of all time is the 2017 baseball shooting oh, where a man. Bernie Sanders campaign volunteer took, a, an, you know, it was, I think it was an AR-15, I don't remember, but took a, a long rifle yeah. to, uh, to a baseball field to murder 10% of elected Republicans in Washington, D.C. Obviously, he didn't succeed, but he, he certainly succeed. tried. He, he did, was shooting he almost, at 10% yeah. of them. Yes, they were. that's what he was trying to do, kill yeah. every single player yeah. on the field. And again, and he almost killed uh, Scalise. Steve Scalise. Yeah, he survived. They all survived, thankfully. But, you know, that <clears throat> and that story came and went in an incredible... Think about this. I mean, like, we still... Look, look, there are terrible things that have happened in our history. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Gabby Giffords thing 
is one of them. It was a terrible, terrible tragedy. It was not done by a right winger. It was done by a ma- uh, an insane person who believed Gabby Giffords had some effort, some world effort against grammar or something. It was something to do with yeah, grammar. It was. It's yeah. a weird conspiracy theory about very grammar. bizarre, very strange. Very, had nothing to do person. with right wing. Nothing to do with it. Ideology. Yeah, that thing is still out there. I mean, look, yeah. there's a real strong <laughs> argument that a big portion of the reason why Mark Kelly is going to be a senator and not Blake Masters is because there's a lot of built-in sympathy for this family who went through a real tragedy. Yeah. But it had nothing. That story is still uh, talked about constantly. They're doing another series with mm. her about this uh, now. Jeez. Uh, where, you know, Steve Scalise never had anything like this. And, and it was, this was a, and they, they tried to even convince people it wasn't a politically motivated shooting. <laughs> I mean, they tried to do everything they could to convince people. He specifically people. asked for yep. the Republicans. Where are the Republicans? Where are they? And went there with the purpose, with the intent of shooting them. And that's not politically motivated. Right. Where we, Think of the Nancy Pelosi thing. Wow. Look, the Nancy Pelosi thing was, let's just say it's absolutely as described on the surface, right? Mm-hmm. A person who, let's just say, we don't even know this, but really didn't like Nancy Pelosi for political reasons, broke in, wanted to hold Pelosi hostage. Let's just say it was the, the left-wing dream of this scenario, because this is what they would want to happen. It, 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 even if that was true, it's nowhere near the sort of Im- story impact as trying to murder t- yeah. t- 25 Republicans at the same time. Right. Right? All yeah. while they're on the baseball field in a, pl- in a pre-planned attack by somebody. It's nowhere near that story. It's bad, but it's not that story. You know, it's you know, it's it's similar to the Kavanaugh uh, threat that went on, and when, nobody talks and no about one, that either. It, nobody cares. The day they didn't even talk about it on that weekend's Sunday shows. The we it Brett Kavanaugh was almost murdered. <laughs> it's a, a person was arrested for attempted murder mm-hmm. of a sitting Supreme Court justice, and that weekend. It was not brought up on any of the Sunday shows. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I, That's amazing. Absolutely incredible. It's like, I, I, wow. I, you don't want to keep fighting the same battles. You don't want to keep no. fighting and saying, hey, the double standard exists, I swear. It does. This is a, you know, scientific consensus has, science has been settled on this one, Pat. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's despicable. I mean, to the point where Lori Lightfoot, who you might recognize as the mayor of Chicago, talking about the shooting in Colorado Springs. And she made the point that uh, she's sick of this stuff. That's not the word she used. But um, she claims to be sick and tired of people being shot. Wow. Why don't you do something about your own town then? Uh, And it was obviously mentioned on Twitter multiple times. Um, Hey, how come you're not sick of this stuff in chicago where 615 people have been murdered this year alone 615 and it's about 50 to 60 to 70 shot every single weekend uh Mm. so you might i don't know they're very selective about what they're sick of and what they're not sick of and yeah that's very selective that's really pathetic. I mean, it's like, does is do any of your advisors say, Lori, Lori, come on, come on, not not no, 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 no. you can't criticize anyone else for murders, right? You know, I mean, come on. I understand, 
you got to do this thing where we all tweet about the story in the news today. Uh-huh. But, like, come on. You can't possibly think it's appropriate for you <laughs> to talk about other people having murder problems. We are literally known as the murder capital of the world. <laughs> we just, I, you can't. I, 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 it just doesn't work. You just can't do that. Honey. It really doesn't. doesn't. The Glenn Beck Program. Pat and Stu for Glenn. Uh, Joe Biden turned 80 yesterday. Wow. That's great. Great accomplishment. 80. Mm-hmm. Oldest president, of course, in the history of the country uh, by a lot. Um, they used to complain because Ronald Reagan was 77 at the end of his presidency. Uh, they were all freaked out about that. Mm-hmm. Those this guy's are long 80. Gone. Yeah. Oh, and it's fine. The New York Times is talking about how, oh, yeah, he's still, according to experts in aging, he still has a lot going in his favor. They don't say what, but but that he has a lot going for himself. A lot going in his favor. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess he probably has excellent doctors around him. Well, maybe. Uh, we're paying for incredibly okay. solid health care for him, which is good. Sure. He can still walk sometimes. Sort of. Sort of. Kind of shuffles around, but mm-hmm. he's still mobile. So I guess he's got that. He can shake hands with the air uh, when he has no idea where he's going or where to turn or how to get off the stage. He does that a lot, which is cool. And I will say, like, you know, I think it's pretty easy to say, okay, well, uh, 80 years old is too old for, to be president. A lot of people are, are making that argument, which, you know, I'm, it's something to talk about. But not everybody is like Joe Biden and completely out of it. I mean, Trump is almost 80. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think a but lot in of much say, better shape. Much, I, I mean, he's not exactly in the best physical shape well, in the world. But no, he, but mentally, but he mentally, seems he's much more fine. on top of it. Yeah, and but I mean, I won't even use him as an example. We talked to Alan Dershowitz last week. Now, Alan Dershowitz, we should point out this got this got lost because it came out either the day before or the day after <laughs> the election. I can't remember. But the central accuser in the uh, entire Jeffrey Epstein saga. Virginia Giuffre uh-huh. basically released a statement saying, I might have misidentified Alan Dershowitz. Yeah. Oops. Uh-oh. Uh, okay. Oopsie, uh, that's yeah, she's little... been accusing him for years. Accusing him for years. He was really magnanimous about it, though. Right? He, he, was. Yeah. he was. Because was I think he, he sees it as a bigger story yeah. um, than just himself. But, I mean, I... I, he, he he was basically canceled for this, you know, he, part, yeah. I, and I think it was also partially because he had occasionally defended Donald Trump, which people did not like on the left, but he, they took the opportunity to take these accusations seriously and run him out of all sorts of institutions he had been part of for decades. Uh, and uh, does he get his reputation back? I don't, I don't know. I, I think, cause I, I was in election hell and completely missed the story. I didn't even see it. And so if we if we didn't see it, uh, where we're mm-hmm. watching the news every day, I got to imagine the average person did not see it. But the reason I bring Dershowitz up is we had him on the air the other day. He went through this entire saga again, talked about all sorts of constitutional issues as it relates to the president, these ongoing investigations, blah, 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 blah. He's 84. And like, I wouldn't wow. agree with Alan Dershowitz on policy. Wow. Right? Like he would uh-huh. not be, but he is absolutely uh, mentally agile enough to be president of the United States. 
Now, I would, he would yeah. pass all sorts of liberal things I wouldn't want, but he's absolutely, like, I mean, the man talks circles around pretty much everybody in the world. Yeah. And he's 84 years old. So it doesn't have to be this way. It just is this way with Joe Biden. Right. He's 80 years old, and he, he has the mental well. acuity, acuity of a 180-year-old. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. Yep. You know, I, you wonder how these things, how bad things happen. I mean, the guy is, look, he's on, he's on the edge here. He does not, you know, is it possible, possible that they came to him and said, hey, you did pass a bill for the student loan to, uh, relief. They, they signed it, remember? And he said, oh, yeah. And then went out in front of the American people and were like, we signed a bill to, res- to stop uh, student loans from b- needing to be paid. And it passed by a, a couple, couple of votes. votes. Like, is that possible what? that they just lied to him and said, hey, Joe, you remember we, you signed that bill? I doubt it. Or is he just lying? I think he's just lying. I, I think, I think the more he likely just makes things outcome. up. Yeah. It's not the sc- that's the best outcome. Yeah. The, the thing we can all root for is our president is lying to us. That's the best possible answer mm-hmm. for some of this stuff. He's just a bad politician lying to us all the time, knowing that, I mean, he knows, I mean, everybody knows that the student loan relief program was completely unconstitutional. Every single person in the media, Mm -hmm. every single person in Washington, they all know with 100% certainty that this is an unconstitutional plan. They all know it. They did it to try to buy some votes before the primaries. And they all know it that if it gets worked. in front of the courts, mm-hmm. uh, it will be destroyed mm-hmm. because it obvi- obviously is not the way you're supposed to pass a law. If it was, if it were, why on earth did Donald Trump do any of the things he tried to pass? Why did he try to repeal Obamacare? Why didn't he just say, yeah, yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to do it anymore. Why didn't they just do that? Mm. Well, they had to go through Congress to try to do it and it failed. Right. Uh, and they were unable to do it. Why, why do they do these things this way? Well, they followed the rules, largely. Sometimes they mm-hmm. didn't, and they got, they got shot down in the courts, and they should have been shot down in the courts. But like we all know that you can't just pass a $1 trillion bill without asking anybody. Like What, what kind of... <laughs> you can't just say one day, we're just going to spend a trillion dollars. Obviously, that has to go through Congress. Everybody knows that. Why did the Biden administration try to push for a stimulus package or try to push for Obamacare. Why didn't they just do it? Because they couldn't do it. Everyone knew they couldn't do it. Yeah. And, and, and Lee, it, this, it was the same thing that happened with DACA and many other things. They just decided to do it anyway and eventually got shot down in the courts. At least giant chunks of it did. They, just, they, they don't care. It's like, it's like one of their main donors, um, SBF or whatever his name oh, is, yeah. Sam, Sam Bankman-Fried, who supposedly had $16.5 billion, even more than that at one point. I think they said he was worth $30 billion, and then he went down to $16.5 billion. Then he lost 99% of his wealth from there on. Or Incredible. 96% of his wealth, whatever it was. Uh, and, I mean, I think a lot of people probably knew FTX was just a paper tiger, too. Uh, you know, uh, the overseer of Enron, the oh. guy who oversaw... The Enron process, the collapse, said the yeah. collapse said he's never seen anything like this. Yeah, this is, this is incredible. <laughs> That's he amazing. Says, I have forty years, over forty years of legal and restructuring experience. I've been the chief restructuring officer and or chief executive officer in several of the largest <laughs> corporate failures in history, 
including okay. Enron. Mm-hmm. Never in my career have I seen <laughs> such a complete failure of corporate <laughs> controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information as occurred here. That's amazing. Goes on to talk about how wow. um, uh, that they valued the cryptocurrency. Now, this is incredible because they claimed $5.5 billion they were holding in cryptocurrency. So that was what their claim was, $5.5 billion. Okay. The actual number, mm-hmm. 659000 Oh my gosh. How on wow. how on earth? I had not heard that figure yet. How on earth? Wow. Um, wow. They say uh, the FTX group did not maintain centralized control of its cash. Cash management procedural failures included the absence of an accurate list of bank accounts. <laughs> Can you imagine? This company was running. They didn't even know what their bank accounts were. Wow. Um goes on to talk about how uh you know in the bahamas ftx group funds were used to purchase homes and other personal items for employees and advisors uh they didn't include um they did not include uh, appropriate books and records security controls are they, you supposed to should you do that i think you should i think they, uh, they ask you that's to do weird it. no it might be really? a little that's bit a too, big much. Ask. Yeah, too much yeah that's, that's too, much. too much i don't want to uh, they they talk about how um, they were f- transferring large amounts right before all of this came out, which is always a big red flag. My, I think my favorite example though is, is this, Pat. You know, you got to get a good got to get a good accounting firm. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't you're running a big multi billion dollar company. You got to have a good accounting firm. Right. right? You know the, the oh yeah the blue chip ones. Yeah. Um, now they did have an accounting firm, um, Prager Metis. It was a firm, this is, this is a quote from the, the document from the new CEO, the guy who uh, unwound Enron. Uh, Prager Metis, a firm with which I was not familiar, <laughs> which is a bad sign. If the guy yeah. who's like in charge of all these things has never heard of your accounting firm, uh, I was not familiar with and whose website indicates that they are, quote, the first ever CPA firm to officially open its metaverse headquarters in the metaverse platform Decentraland. <laughs> what they were a metaverse accounting company oh my gosh (laughs) so it didn't really exist it didn't exist in the real world but i guess they were bragging about being in the metaverse and like you know you you, oh let's pick the one in the metaverse man let's do that they you know they there's a i saw an interview with uh one of the i talked to the the first uh, mainstream reporter ever assigned full time to crypto. This lady named Laura Shin. She was a. Uh, mm-hmm. She wrote a really good book about the founding of Ethereum. She has a really, uh, you know, deep history. She's talked to all these people. She talked to Caroline Ellison, the the girlfriend yeah. who's running Alameda. She's she knows all these people and has talked to them all. And she said like they did. They spoke a good game. I mean, they talked a good game. But you you go back and you looked at some of their quotes now. Mm-hmm. Where they just look completely insane. Why would anyone entrust money with these people? She talked I'm to sure well, Enron executives talked a good game. Yeah, and they they did talk a good game. In yeah. fact, they actually. Yeah, they did. I mean, it's I think a different story in that Enron <clears throat> was a was a story of people who got over their skis, but were very very intelligent, smart people. Yes who yes. were very accomplished and did a lot of amazing things in their lives. This guy's like, mm-hmm. not, he's not in that category. He's just, I mean, it seems <laughs> no. like for all the things you could say about Enron. And I read the the book back in the day, the, the smartest guys in the room, which yeah. the, the which documentary they thought they were. The, yeah. And that was the, the accusation. The, the, the documentary was called smartest guys in the room. 
And the documentary gives this like, oh, it was George Bush. It's like a totally different story than the book. But you read the book and you realize there definitely were people in Enron who bent the rules and tried to take advantage of it and, and tried to hide things. There were also a lot of people who were just really good and and were doing really good things and were really smart and really accomplished and, you know, maybe weren't completely aware of all the things going on in the company at the time. Yeah. With FTX, I'm sure that situation exists at some level, but the people at the top seem to be very, very involved in this. To the point of like, there's inter- there's an interview I had recently seen with some uh, capital advisor guy who talked to uh, the Sam Bankman-Fried at the beginning of the FTX thing when they were still forming it. And they were saying that, like, they would start, this is when, I think before FTX even existed, it was like the Alameda days, and they were talking about how, at the end of the day, they try to make the book square up, but sometimes it doesn't. Like, they can't make it square up, so they just go on to the next day. <laughs> like, ah, there's a $100,000 gap, which at that point was a lot of money for them, and, oh, yeah, we couldn't make it work, so we just went on to the next day and kind of just, couldn't, we couldn't really figure out what happened. Because they were so, lo- oh, like, that's kind of important. His brilliance, quote unquote, was the fact that he didn't care, Pat. He'd show up to meetings in shorts and messy hair. There's real stories of major executives coming in. I've never in. seen him with well-kept no, hair. No, that was his shtick, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm too smart. I don't have to care. I'm not part of your corporate world. Like These people yeah. would come in to, to invest billions of dollars, and he would fall asleep on a beanbag chair outside the office, <laughs> and they would let all these executives in, walk right past him asleep in the beanbag off a chair, shuttle them into the office, make them sit there for 20 minutes while he was sleeping through the window. They could see him sleeping in a beanbag chair. And then he'd like wake up and stumble in and just start. And like, this was part of his magic. He was so (laughs) smart. He didn't care about your conventional thinking, Pat. Oh man. That's not who he was. No. He was above all that. He was so smart. In one famously recorded um, conference call, he made a presentation to, uh, to investors while playing video games at the same time. Like, so the entire time they knew Jeez. he was playing video games, he was like, you know, not looking at the game, he's looking at the, playing the games, mm-hmm. but like talking at the same time and made a presentation. They're like, this, this, look, he could play video games and still make a presentation. We must give him a billion dollars. These idiots <laughs> who, you know, honestly Amazing. deserve it, but the average customers don't. They got screwed. Yeah. And they were believed it was real, largely because of the institutional investors who put money into it, the big Super Bowl commercials. Like, I don't know, like, I have a belief like that. Like, you, know, you see someone, they've invested all this money in a Super Bowl commercial. You think there's something there. Apparently, yeah. there wasn't. Wow. 888-727-BECK. More Pat and Stu for Glenn coming up. Okay. Uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. We were just talking about SBF. Uh Sam Bankman Freed, uh, because he was quite a genius, so a, a wonder kid, big Democratic donor too. We haven't even big included that donor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty mil. He was gonna. He was going to second only to George Soros. George Soros was one. Sam Bankman Freed two, and he was promising a billion dollars if Donald Trump was the nominee to fight against him. He was going to donate a billion dollars uh, to Democratic causes. Thinking that's probably not going to happen now. Yeah, and that's why they're. That's why the left is really mad at him. They thought they had a billion dollars in their pocket. But no. Now they don't have nothing. That's That'll why have to upset. be George Soros now. Or, you know, uh, what's his face? Warren Buffett. Warren fat piece of crap Buffett. Maybe he'll come forward with a billion dollars if Trump runs. I don't know. But it's not going to be Sam Bankman freed because he doesn't have it. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. They have not yet indicted him. They haven't even charged him with anything yet, have they? 
Not yet, but they, I mean, I, he's in big trouble. I, I mean, yeah, it takes a while to unwind this stuff and understand what's going on, right? Yeah. I mean, so they don't charge them necessarily immediately, but I don't see how he, he avoids this. He doesn't really think he's done anything, like, criminal, though, does he? Yeah, he he's he, made some mistakes. Yeah, he basically said, you know, I blew it, I didn't realize, I was too focused on other things, didn't realize, yeah, yeah. you know, how much risk we had. I mean, he's <laughs> trying to worm himself out of it, but look, this is, I don't think it's going to happen. Really? Yeah, I think he's Even with Democrat help? But Even with Democrat help, I think yeah. he's still going to get charged. All right, back here tomorrow. See you then. This is the Glenn Beck Program.